All topics covered here are for conversational purposes only and do not constitute financial advice. Please contact Mulcain Co. to receive advice on all matters from one of our professionals. Welcome to the FS360 podcast, Season 2. You're uh, welcomed by hosts Gavin Nash and Chris Mulcain. G'day, Chris. G'day, Gav. How, how are you going? Welcome back. Yes, Season 2. We're going we're gonna to give it a name. Season 2, we're going to go through a few seasons. We've had a few weeks off. How have your few weeks off been? Yeah, no, that's good. No, Working look, the think, whole time? Yeah, yep, exactly right. So I think, um, you know, just getting through the financial year end was, look, it's always a bit of a challenge. There's a lot to do and a, a lot of work to get through and talking to clients and so forth. But we achieved that again, so no, which was great. But um, no, it was good to have a few weeks just to sort of, you know, get through the year and then regroup for another year ahead. So, And yeah. the um, accountants out on the town making fools themselves, that didn't happen this year? No, no. Look, it was probably that... Having uh, a bit of a night out with yeah. a few drinks, that didn't look, happen? Normally, being an accountant, that's one advantage you do have. You have that sort of that second New Year's Eve. Christmas in July. Yeah, Christmas in June. June yeah, 30. that's right. But no, we were shut down this year. So no, it was very quiet. I think there might have been a few that got a little bit out of hand that sort of, you know, had a few quiet ones. But um, yeah, no, look, I think... You know, as we're sort of saying in season one, you know, everyone worked pretty consistently all the way through from when the COVID was announced and all the shutdowns and so forth. So, no, look, it had been a fairly uh, challenging and very busy time frame. So I think, uh, yeah, the accountants – look, everyone in the office really was just looking to have a few quiet ones and just and say, have, look, that financial year's over, we'll start again. <laughs> yeah, have a break. Like I think um, as much as COVID has really hit a lot of businesses badly and it's meant they're quiet, there's other businesses it's made it, it's made it busier, you know, and I think the accounts is one of them for sure. But most people under the roof here, that's exactly what they've felt, yeah. you know, that a lot of clients needing a lot of info, even my area of marketing, right, we've got to – We've pivoted a bit. We've got to tell our clients about what we're doing. So there's all been a very busy time, I suppose. And, yeah, having a few weeks off the podcast, but even just having a bit of a deep breath and um, yeah. having it reflecting on the, the crazy, what was it, about three and a half months, I suppose, yeah. coming into June 30. So, yeah, season two is going to be um, exciting. We've got a whole lot of new stuff to talk about, Chris. There's been a there's been a budget last night or a semi-budget uh, yeah. come out. Um, so, or yesterday, so there's um, – and JobKeeper 2.0, so there's a bit to talk about. Yeah, and with season two, when we started talking about this, Gav, you know, uh, in the couple of weeks we had off, we sort of planned that we'd move away from talking about, you know, the COVID-19 situation and JobKeeper and all those sort of things because I think season one, that was predominantly what we did talk about. It was very hot topic and new and everyone wanted to know what was going on. I suppose since we sort of did that bit of planning and we, you know, we were going to get the regulars back you know, uh, the financial planning guys to talk about the share market update, the lending guys with interest rates, et cetera, legal guys around succession planning. Um, and what's happened down here in Victoria particularly, it's gone pear-shaped. Second phase. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. second, what are they calling it? The second phase Se- of... Second wave. Second wave, yeah. yeah. So we've just been super unfortunate. I it think, has. I think a lot of people, I was probably one of them, that just thought, oh, you know, we're lucky in Australia, we're an island... Uh, we, we, you know, we're going to get over it with a lot less pain, a lot more quickly than other countries. Um, but I'm not sure what's going anywhere at the moment, is it? Yeah, that's right. I think it's, you know, each day um, seems to be getting a little bit worse. I think the numbers – I think we had a drop there at one stage during the week, but then, you know, the numbers have climbed up again. But, yeah, look, now's not the time to be uh, playing the blame game or anything like that. But I think once the dust settles a bit, there'll be, uh, yeah. A few inquiries yeah, into what's happening. a few happened. questions asked, I think. So – well, all we, all we can hope is that 
as you've said before, Chris, it's a health crisis that's affecting the financial markets and businesses. So yeah. I suppose, and individuals, of course, but from our point of view here at Mulcane Co., it's, it's a health crisis, so we're going we're gonna to kind of leave the health side of it and the politics to them, yeah. and we're going to have a chat about the financial yeah. side. And I think prior to the end of June when, you know, things were seemingly under control and, that you know, talk about the JobKeeper and it running through to the end of September. September 27 was when it was originally scheduled to finish up. Yep. And there was some talk prior to this second wave that, you know, the government would catch up sort of towards the end of July and talk about JobKeeper 1 and whether or not they continue on as it was. So this second wave's confirmed that it's got to continue through mm. to... Uh, September 27, and now we've got JobKeeper 2. This second wave has spurred on the fact that, yep, this has got to continue to help businesses, to help individuals um, to ensure that, you know, they maintain their jobs or even just that relationship with the employer, which is what it's all about. So, And I think with the, with the JobKeeper 2, sounds like they've had the hindsight to see what's happened and how it's gone, JobKeeper 1. So... And they've sort of amended it, I suppose, to more fit the situations. Whereas first time around, they just had to get it out, didn't they? To That's get right. It started. That's right. So look, they really had to deal with what they had in terms of systems and processes through the tax office because they were the ones that were, were really uh, the ones that were controlling it and putting the processes in place. Which you know we were heavily involved in that with clients, sort of you know getting them enrolled and uh, so, so forth. So yeah, look, I think this time around they're trying to tailor it a little bit more, but at the same time, keep it pretty simple. Like the first one was at $1,500 per fortnight per eligible employee. Now they're sort of dropping it back from the uh, 28th of September. It'll drop back to $1,200 per full-time employee and then $750 per fortnight per um, part-time employer. Yep. So and there's, and there's some rules around what makes a part-time yeah. and what makes a full-time. So we, could, we can leave that for the detail later. Yeah, that's right. But, yeah, no, it just sort of seems like – and it's – I suppose it means that they might be able to le- keep it longer uh, if it's not costing the government as much, I suppose. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. what I see from yeah. it. I sort of go, well, they've been smart enough to change, have two different levels because it's going to cost them a little bit less that way. And as we all know, like there were some people sort of benefiting from JobKeeper because they were getting a couple of uh, shifts a week at the local, you know, pizza shop. Yeah, that's and, right. And uh, all of a sudden they were getting seven hundred and fifty bucks a week. So um, I think that's been uh, a, a good, um, good smart measure by the government there. Yeah. So look, I think the government have probably copped a bit of flack sometimes, but at the same time, they've really just had to, you know, make decisions on the run to a certain extent, and yeah, just make sure because there is still that issue associated with if people do lose their job. As they, you know, history tells us in other recessions that, you know, they may not get another job or it might take three, four, five years. Yep. So, and that has a dramatic effect on the economy, on individuals, families, etc. So they e- want to avoid that at all costs. And even other things outside financial, like your mental health and things like that, it really can affect things long term. So, no, I think the JobKeeper has been a good idea and um, 2.0 is rolled out. Chris, what I'm going to do at the end of today's podcast is once we uh, post this up on the socials and the website, we're going to add a um, – we've done up a little um, what is JobKeeper 2.0 info sheet. It's um, a um, diagram, easy to, easy to um, take in. It's just one page. Um, so if anyone's wanting to have a bit of a read about it, jump on the socials and um, there'll be a link there to download the flyer. Um, yeah, Gav, just with the JobKeeper 2, it's, it's, it's important to, to note that under the current JobKeeper 1, like we've still got clients that are applying for it now. So even though that we're talking about JobKeeper 2 and it finishing up, et cetera, at the end of uh, September, 
like we've still got businesses that have had that weren't impacted early on but you know they're getting that flow on effect of being impacted so yeah we've got clients applying now yeah for that so it's important to realize that if you haven't got it yet that you can still apply for it and i suppose the main thing is there are all the main tests the simple tests but there's also those alternative tests you spoke about yeah that's right in the season one of the podcast so you know, the idea is, you know, get in touch with us and we can do those numbers for you over each month and just see see where you fit in. Yeah, because it is so important and we're probably starting to see a lot more now that businesses from a cash flow position, um, yes, they have been impacted slightly or, you know, we've had those businesses from day one, you know, your cafes and pubs and so forth that were really impacted, but... From a cash flow point of view, it's just taking the pressure off. Like does JobKeeper cash flow boost, etc. And and for many businesses, it's just allowing them to sort of set up for the future. Mm. To sort of say, look, you know, things are being bad, or they may be going to get worse. Um, so let's sort of use this opportunity that the government are providing to make sure that we sort of plan for the future and set ourselves up for the future. And and that comes back down to everyone's got an opinion on whether the government should be spending this much money or not, but. You know, I think it comes down to um, common sense and everything you just said there sort of makes sense to, to keep that economy rolling into the next phase, whatever that is. Yeah, so in the last few days, Gav, there's been a lot of talk about the, uh, I guess, the position of Australia in terms of how much debt it's going to have, deficits and all those types of things. And I guess over the past however many years, you know, we've all come attuned to governments. Over 20, yeah, over yeah. 25 years, I think. Yeah, that's right, that but we've all come attuned to growth. hearing governments around budget time talking about deficits and surpluses and all that type of thing. So I think now, given the situation we're in, uh, we're certainly not going to see a surplus for a long time. So I think they're sort of anticipating somewhere between 20 and 30 years before there'll be a surplus. So as you all might recall, um, you know, we were scheduled to have a surplus this year um but obviously that's not going to happen so our total debt how much reckon that's going to be gav by the end of this year Jeepers. are we talking in the trillions or what no no so we're going to hit trillions? around that 677 billion right okay so a fair increase and a deficit of um around 185 billion okay so you can sort of see you know the government spending it is considerable but I think, which it is a concern because this is going to be debt that needs to be repaid by generations to come. So that's the concern, yes. um, you know, at some stage. But as you touched on before, really the government are dealing with a health crisis. Mm. And I suppose, you know, typically in these situations, it's been more of an economic situation where they've actually had to go out and spend money and do all that type of thing. But this one's a health crisis that yeah, they've had no control over. No, it's not like the global financial crisis where, you know, in, in America the banks kind of brought it upon themselves or whatever. It's really just something out of everyone's hands. Yeah, so you would expect, I suppose, the government – governments borrow money to, I guess, to provide services to the population. So, yeah, realistically they didn't really have a choice. Look, you can argue have they spent it correctly, has a JobKeeper been targeted correctly and all that type of thing. But at the end of the day, yeah, they just have to get money out there to help families help individuals um, just so that, you know, we can – the whole, I guess, idea around the job keeper is just to keep that employer-employee connected. Um, yeah, so I think it's just important when you're hearing all the media doom and gloom – And the big numbers. And the big numbers. Yeah. In world sense, 
from the point of view of that, how we compare to other you know comparable nations, you know, we're, we're probably not too bad. Like our our debt figure is big, but compared to other countries, it's in a pretty good shape, really. So, yep. um, and there'll be some commentators out there saying we should borrow more. You know, interest rates are low. I think the government's borrowing money at under one percent. Right. So they're saying, well, if we can get money that cheap, we should be spending more to make sure that we just really don't have an issue. You know, yeah, we, maybe you can recover from it quicker. That's right. So we hit this recession, we keep the money flowing through the system, but then we come out the other end sooner. Yep. And I think, that you know, when we sense. get um, Thane Turley on talking about, the, I guess, the financial impact of all of this in future episodes, he'll start talking about the effect that that has on inflation and then potentially the effect it has on interest rates. So it's a bit of a balancing act by the government, but realistically they've just got to deal with and fix the current problem. Yes. You sort of can't get too far ahead of yourself. Like things are changing on a daily basis at the moment. So yeah. doing projections and planning is quite difficult. Um, so and I think we're, we're, all, we're all sort of numb now to the amount of, you know, <laughs> press conferences that our political leaders can give, you know, that they've seen to be happening every day, every second day. But as you say, it's important to probably know what's going on but just keep your focus on what you can do and in your, you know, micro area, just in your business. Um, otherwise, you know, you can get sort of carried away or caught up in all the doom and gloom, as you say. That's right. So I think it, it gets back to just being able to control what you can control. Mm. And I think we've touched on this in season one that I guess the conversation now, given that we've now got this set of numbers, I guess it's called a mini budget that the government brought out, um, you know, there is talk about or gunning momentum. Well, how are they going to pay back the debt? Like, mm. So there's certain areas of the commentary and no doubt behind the scenes the government will be starting to think, well, you know, what are we actually going to change to enable this debt to repay? Because we can't increase taxes. Like, we can't go and increase taxes to the average business out there because they're the ones that have actually got to get the government or the country out of this problem. Yes. They're the ones that have got to keep employing people, create that productivity that enables the government to pay off the debt. So you sort of start thinking about those little niche areas and I think, you know, we've touched on that there's some pretty good capital gains tax concessions out there that realistically people that are deemed to be wealthy probably get access to. Now, will they shut those down? Um, there'll be superannuation changes, I would imagine, because there's quite a lot of money in superannuation and there's, you know, people have sort of built up reserves. They're using the tax system to sort of create that wealth. Now, we'll, you know, we've already seen changes there where you can have a certain limit and then it starts get getting taxed uh, differently. So will they look into that a bit more? But I think those capital gains are the big ones because that's where under the current concessions you can really set yourself up business-wise, whether it's a, you know, your average business out there or a farmer or that type of thing, where you can really sort of start transferring a bit of wealth through succession planning that and using those concessions. Yep. Now, they would be very obvious concessions or areas that the government could clamp down on. Yep, and start to... Claw back some of that money with, yeah. without going to a local business and saying your tax rate's going to go from you know twenty odd percent up to thirty five percent or whatever. Yeah. So and look, I guess the government's already shown that initiative in terms of saying, look, we've got to get the company tax rate down. Yeah. So they're saying we've got to reduce tax to encourage business to keep doing what they're doing, employee keep employing, spend. keep investing. Yep. So yep. they've already said that that that's what they're doing. So they can really only grow the economy by doing that. 
But then there's these other little, as I said, concessions and and they are good concessions. So yeah, yeah. and it only probably affects a small percentage of the population or the, or a small percentage of the population can only get access to them. And generally speaking, if they're getting access to capital gains tax concessions, they've probably got a bit of wealth behind them. Yep. So you can sort of see pretty clearly that that's what they're probably going to have to focus on. Yeah, they may focus in that area. Yeah. Chris, for any changes like that to come in, does it need to go through – uh, you know, political, does it need to be approved as like a bill or a change or does the tax office just come out and say we've changed it? No, look, it would have to be a, a government t- – and look, a lot of these things would be big changes too. So you'd almost see them as part of an election campaign right? potentially. Yep. And in the past there's been a lot of pushback. We probably saw in the last election as soon as one side of government started saying, look, we're going to muck around with franking credits. Franking credits. That yeah. was the big uh, yep. story, wasn't yep. it? Yep. Look, we know what happened. But I think people's mindset... shortened. That didn't go very well for no, them, did No, it? no, it didn't <laughs> go down too well at all. But I think we've probably seen a bit of a shift in the mindset of probably the population now to sort of say, well, yeah, look, someone's got to pay for this, haven't they? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think there's an opportunity now, and I suppose we've probably been talking about this for a little while, that, you know, these concessions are still there. Um, and I think we'll be probably talking to our clients directly about this to sort of say, look, we've been talking about this or mentioned this to you previously and you possibly haven't had to do it, but now might be the time to really take advantage, get everything in place as best you can, control what you can control. Because it may not be there forever. Yeah, because there may be an impact later on. Yep. Yeah. It's like the old uh, it's like the old footy adage, isn't it? You know, the coach used to come out and say, grand final, but just control what you can control. That's right. You know, Chris, um, as part of our role, I suppose, as uh, advisors um, to businesses here, um, we have been publishing quite a few articles written by the guys here um, at all offices. So um, that's Mildura, Geelong, Ballarat, Sunshine Coast, Ararat. So we've sort of got um, quite a few articles going up on our socials and on our um, news page on the website. So if anyone's sort of interested um, to, to read up a bit more about um, what's happening, uh, like give you a couple of examples this week went up uh, an article about your sort of financial year resolutions things that you maybe can think about coming into the new financial year knowing what we know now about everything that's been happening um, and then also um, Jaden Burns up at our Mildura office has um, published one about um, the benefits of using a tax agent say instead of having a bit of a crack at your own tax or whatever so there's sort of certain benefits with dates and timings that um, make it a little bit easier um, for you to use a tax agent to submit your tax to the ATO. So there's um, a lot of articles. Look, you know, we'd be up over 100 articles on the website now. Um, they go up sort of every single week on the socials. So that's Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter uh, and Instagram. So, yeah, just check out Mulcahy Co on any of those, Chris. And um, for our listeners out there, and if they're sort of interested, they can pick up a bit of knowledge as they go. You know, that's been really good, I reckon, Gav. So I think it's one of those things, as you well know yourself, like if there's something that catches your eye, you're always going to have a look at it and read through it. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes it's always just finding that balance, isn't it, between providing enough information or too much information. But I think in these times, it's almost the more information, particularly around positive things, because you can turn on the news or, you know, those morning shows in the morning and it's I'm, all... I'm sick of hearing it. It's all just it. negative, isn't yeah, it? And yeah, it's the same oh, X amount of cases and yeah, you know, another yeah. three people have died. It's kind of, yeah, as you say, it's very negative. But yeah. look, the guys here, I suppose we're in a, in a, in a good situation at, say, at Molcaco where we've got sort of seven different areas of business. So there's 
experts in all those areas that are writing articles all the time about their area. So, yeah, look, if you're thinking about the share market or any of those things, um, there's going to be an article for you to have a read there that's pretty recent. And it has been interesting, like, catching up with clients and businesses and a lot of them ask, you know, they're almost trying to inquire, well, how's everything going? Like, we don't seem to be doing too bad at the moment considering, you know, we thought it was going to be a lot worse. Yeah, like we haven't completely shut down or yeah. sacked everyone. You know, how's everyone else going? It's trying to get a sense and a feel for what's going on. So I guess that's where, you know, from our point of view, it's, you know, we're in a, a good position where you can sort of see the different industries and different businesses and how they're going about things as well. So, Which is really no different... Now that COVID's hit, because that's kind of something that we could have said this time last year, Chris, that the benefit of having the different areas of business all under the one roof is that we can sort of understand and the clients all in different industries as well is that we've got this big sort of uh, eye on everything, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And look, even I guess in that property market side of things, like there was probably a quiet maybe three or four weeks and even talking to a real estate agent this morning, like they're having their biggest weeks that they've had in a in a long time, yep. like it sort of really kicked into gear again. And even that $25,000 grant, I reckon, really spurred things on a bit. Yeah, look, we do a bit of work for some developers, uh, land developers, just for, for marketing purposes. And they uh, they have seen a real spike in land sales, um, purely around that sort of first home builder or even um, – even because I think in Victoria at the moment, if you're a first home builder, you, you can claim up to $45,000 from the government, um, state and federal, the 25 for the first home builder and the 20 for the – home builder package from the federal government. So there's a lot of sort of different um, packages of available and, yeah, some industries are really sort of rallying around that, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. So I think it does just get back to, yep, there's all this stuff in the media, but just control what you can control, see how it's impacting you immediately, have an understanding of, you know, what's happening in the economy and the environment around you. But at the same time, it's probably trying to look forward and I guess the negative spin that we put on this is that, to sort of say, well, we're going to be in a recession. It's going to be there for a long time. At the moment, the government are providing some uh, money to sort of help us through this, but we can't rest on that. We've got to be setting ourselves up for that future. So use this time to do that. Otherwise, in you know, 12 months' time, for example, or and beyond that, yeah, we've just got to be prepared for that. Um, one little um, series of videos I've been watching, Chris, the last couple of weeks has been Commerce Ballarat, just our local here in ba- at the Ballarat office, but Commerce Ballarat are um, releasing videos about how certain local businesses are surviving COVID and how they've got through it. And they've been really interesting, some of them, just anyone from a coffee shop through to a fashion store or whatever. So it's been interesting how resilient people are um, and how positive they are talking about, oh, we're, you know, I heard one yesterday saying, oh, we're not too bad. We're not as bad as Melbourne, that sort of thing. So I think anyone can find a positive in anything, yeah. I suppose. And if yeah. you're, you've only got to look, you know, not very far to sort of find that positive energy, I suppose. Now, Chris, we're going to move on to a couple of our regular segments. Uh, one that's been very popular, we've had a bit of feedback on, is the 22 things that we've learned in 22 years in business at Mulcahy Co. So... Um, just to give you a really quick run through, we're up to number five. We, our first one was it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, our second one was to trust your gut and your instincts when making business decisions. The third one was about the phantom employee. Um, and the fourth one was about looking at your profit and loss versus your balance sheet and uh, having more of a balance sheet thinking to your finances. And look, if anyone wants to go back over what they are, they're in our previous podcast episodes, but also some of that info is on 
the website podcast page. So well, there's a few notes on each of those um, segments there. Yeah, so I thought with our fifth one, Gav, it's probably um, something that's probably your – you can probably talk about it a bit more actually, but just around your branding. Like your brand does take time, doesn't it? So it you can't sort of think, look, I'm going to open up a business today and everyone's going to know who I am. Yep. So I'm going to be – yeah, you just can't rely on people – because you might know your business really well and what you want to do in your business and the services you want to offer, but you've got to communicate that to people. And your brand, as you said, um, builds over time. And your brand is made up of much more than just your your logo on the sign or your business cards that you give out or your colours that you use. Your brand is what's remembered after every transaction with your business, with a customer. So whether that's a really friendly employee or, um, you know, the fact that you've got disabled parking or whatever. So your brand is what people remember at the end of it. Yeah, because you quite often hear that comment that, you know, all of a sudden this business will pop up and you'll think, oh, where's that business come from? And it's like an overnight success. But then you look into it and I've been in business for 20 years. Yes. You know, trying yeah. to build up that brand and get to where they've got to. So yeah, exactly. It does take time and you've got to be consistent. And I think... In these times, you could easily sort of say, look, let's just shut down and, you know, uh, stop marketing or stop communicating with our clients. Yep. But it's more important than ever now because once we go through these stages and these difficult times, that's what most people will remember. I think how businesses act, have, have actually carried on. How do they react yep. to, to a tough situation? And that's what we spoke about in one of the previous episodes in season one, just about, you know, uh, don't. You know, it's going to be hard to get those brand new customers through the door that have never heard about you. So look after your current cohort of customers, whether that's clients or retail customers walking in. But you've really got to look after that group and ha- have a good think about through these times, how can you look after that group? You know, can I reward them in some way or can we give them special treatment in some way or make them feel special so they always remember our brand? I think we also mentioned about there was a local hotel, Chris, that you know, couldn't rely on people coming in and using the, the TAB and all that sort of stuff. So they ended up doing a drive-through coffee set up in the morning. Yeah. So they've they've pivoted from like opening at you know eleven in the morning and working through till midnight. They've pivoted to starting at six in the morning and offering coffees and food. So I think that style of pivot and change can really give your brand a really good energy and going forward that you're sort of willing to change. You're willing to do whatever you can to. <laughs> um, but really to give your brand that positive energy so that you've people remember that positivity around what you did through COVID. So yeah, your brand is just that um, is, is the all encompassing all encompassing um, vision of your business from your customers. Yep, and it takes time. So yeah, you've got to give it that. I don't know how many years, Jack, and like realistically to sort of say. You know, it's, is it going to be five years, ten years? It probably depends on the industry. It does bit. depend on the industry and how much out in the open you are. So let's say, Chris, a retail shop opens and they get heavily into TV advertising from day one. They'll get pretty well known pretty quickly. Within a few months, people will know that this, this shop's open because TV is a big a audience. Yeah, but they might have spent a fortune doing it. So whereas someone else might come in and, uh, and be a little bit more um, word of mouth, building uh, their business over time. They mightn't have the advertising budget to do that. So, yeah, that might just take them a bit longer. But I think, um, you know, an old boss said to me, Chris, a long time ago, just turn up at work every day and do a good job every day. That's yeah. what you should do. And then that means that you always have happy clients and you always have people coming back. Spot on. That's good. Right. So 
Um, we've also had one of our regular segments is preparing for the recession. So now that we're actually here, yeah. we've actually got t- 11 of these tips. We're up to tip to number 12 from season one. So those tips, I won't read through them, but there's 11 of them all on our previous podcast and on the website. So have a bit of a look. Um, but tip to 12 today, Chris, I reckon I'm going to throw to you. Right, I gave tip number 12. Well, I think each time he's try and link it back to what we've been talking about. And I reckon the key one today, and I know we've been talking about it a little bit, but not really, I guess, pushing it. But I think it's, it's essential that we look at what concessions, such as tax concessions and all those types of things that are available to us now, that may not be available to us in the future. Because it's very important that we get to utilise those now and get our business set up for that future, for that next stage or that next... Um, part of our business growth and coping with what's ahead, but take advantage of all that. And that might be for succession planning-wise, you know, transitioning to the next generation. It may be for asset protection, so making sure that you know, your business is set up in such a way that if, worst-case scenario, um, you've got those valuable assets protected. So there's a number of reasons why we should do it and we should take advantage of those concessions, but I guess we sometimes just need that prod or reason to actually do it. And I... Yeah, I think that's now because... Now's a good time. I think coming into things like elections or um, changes to the laws coming up, as you, as you sort of mentioned earlier in this episode, yeah, there's there's just all of a sudden we probably have got a deadline to get some of that stuff done, um, whereas in the past it was like, oh, we'll get to it. Like succession planning is probably a classic, Chris, you'd know from a few of your clients that people only really think about that next generation thing once they're getting to an older age, but it is something you can set in place anytime really, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Business. Yeah, that's right. And look, there's ways to go about it too. And what we're talking about today is really talking about maybe change of ownership or change of control of assets. So as a general comment, if you own something in your personal name um, and it's an asset that's going to – a business-type asset or a piece of land that's going to transition through as part of a business to a next generation, it probably should not be in your individual name because mm. that just doesn't give any flexibility to make change in the future. So – that's probably a simple way of looking at it to assess how you own your assets, who who controls them, who legally owns them and then go from there. And I suppose that succession planning will come into uh, a lot of what we just said there in tip 12, which is to use your the current tax concessions um, now because, you know, they just may not be there in the future. So that's right. That's yeah. a good, good tip 12, Chris. Yeah. And I think asset protection is a key one too. So that's what we're really focusing on with this tip as well. So protecting those valuable assets that you've worked hard for um, just making sure they're safe and secure. Yep. Um, another another old boss said to me, Chris, a long time ago, if you're looking at trying to make some your business better, you've got to look at what you're earning, but you've got to look at what you're spending. So part of that asset protection is, oh, well, yeah, I might need to buy some insurances or do what I'm doing and spend a bit of money, but it's going to protect something going out the back door. You know, yeah. um, when you a lot of people in business will be focused on getting that next client and making sure they've got enough work or enough feet through the door of your retail store or whatever, but looking at your costs, you know, is a really good way to go Yeah, it's really just investing in your business and making sure that foundation's in place because if you haven't got that foundation, you know, things can go pear-shaped pretty quickly. Yep. Well, that's it, guys. That's it for episode 13 of the FS360 podcast um, brought to you by Malkane Co. So um, thanks for your time today, Chris. And uh, as I said, guys, um, check out those articles up on our um, social media accounts and – All the best to everybody. Keep safe and we'll talk to you again next episode. Thanks, Gav. Thanks, Chris.